Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. 30 years ago today, on the 30th of April 1991, Connor and Sheila Dwyer attended Mass. It was a requiem Mass, a funeral Mass at St. Patrick's Church in Fromoy. And they saluted or spotted a woman called Catherine Fenton as they walked away from that mass towards, we assume, their home at a place called Chapel Hill in Fromoy. Catherine Fenton was the last person to ever see Connor and Sheila Dwyer. Now, at the time, Joe Watkins was stationed in Fromoy, Gather Station, and I've been speaking with uh, Joe in advance of today. Joe, you were a young sergeant at the time the Dwyers went missing. I was a young journalist, uh, learning my trade, as it were. It was almost as if they walked off the planet, wasn't it? Absolutely, PJ. As as I said in different interviews and uh, talking to different journalists about this back the years, I described it as as if they were beamed up into the sky. It was a, a program on the television and Scotty, beamed me up, Scotty. That's how we described it. They were beamed away. I, it, it was baffling. Were you one of the first people that took a report? Yes, I took the report. But you see, it, it wasn't reported until the 22nd of the May. Now, they were, they were last seen on the 13th of April. And and the last contact that the family had, by phone, it was uh, Connor's wife, uh, Sheila, phoned, phoned her sister, uh, on on the first of May, so there was no report made to made to to the Gardaí, to myself actually until the twenty second, and um, Maisie uh, called to the station and reported she hadn't seen them or heard about them, mm. and 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 there it started. So they were gone for a couple of weeks. They weren't there. Yeah, they were gone. There was no. There was no trace. There was no. She hadn't heard of them or seen them. From from the last the last contact she had was the first of May, a phone call from from Sheila, and then all that one twenty two twenty to twenty one days passed. Twenty days passed, and, and until she reported it, you know. Was that just a routine phone call, Joe? Oh yeah, it was of course, and because you see, I'd say they were very close. They were very close family, you know. And and Sheila would have been, would have kept contact. I'd say with it was. There was nothing unusual, you know. No. Oh no, no, I don't know the I don't know the contents of the call, PJ. But uh, absolutely, it was just a normal call. Like I'd I'd ring you know, my mother at the time, or you would ring somebody, you know. 
It was a massive investigation and never a sight or sound of them found. Not a sight or sound. But you see, a, a missing person, you see, where do you start? Where do you start at a missing person report? I mean, if, if somebody could, if somebody had alleged, say, it was foul play, it would be a completely different type of an investigation, as you can understand. But there was no question that whatsoever. None, none whatsoever. The investigation started by, by, by going to the house and getting into the house, and and, and um, that was all the property was there. Everything was intact. Their clothes was neat. Their passports were there. There was some money there. There was documents. And everything was left. There was, the only thing was missing was the, was the occupants and their car. That famous Toyota Cressida, a white distinctive car, lovely looking car now. And and the five, the number that was 5797 is ZT. I will never forget that number. And that was gone. There was no trace to them. And of course, it was circulated at the time by by us. And uh, there was there was no positives on there was sightings here and there all over the country and everything was checked out to the to the bitter end, but alas, nothing happened. No, no, no within the, nothing, not even the car. The car was a mystery. You see, even to the present day, I don't know what state investigation is at the moment. I presume the file is still live, but I mean, if the, the car would be the link, you know. Mm. No sign of it. Because sometimes when a person is missing and they can be missing for quite some time, the car will turn up somewhere. Well, well, indeed, you see, 14 months uh, previously, a, a man who had missed him from, from my uh, Mr. Uh, William Fennessy, and and uh, there was no trace of him whatsoever until I think it was 2013, just across the, the from the Grand Hotel there in Fermi in the river. The, the, there was, a, there was a, a, a piece of a car found and it was investigated and it turned out it was William Finnessy. Mm. So, do you know what I mean? In the space of time between when the Dwyers last were in contact with their rel- relatives and the time that the investigation started, it was reported to you, there was that couple of weeks. Like, they could, they could have gone anywhere, I suppose, in that couple of weeks, but you would have investigated that too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, where, <clears throat> but where did it go? Their passports were at home, right? I mean, at that time, I, I'm not too sure now whether one required a passport to travel to, to say, across the water. I don't know. But nowadays you would anyway, but I don't know at the time, but all that was checked. Hmm. All that was checked, you know. They were never seen at ports, airports? No, no, no. It was all checked. Interpol informed about this, etc. And, and I believe, I know, I wasn't involved in, in it. There was supposed to be a site in, in Germany. I wasn't involved in that part of it because I wasn't, mm. uh, I was I was back in the city in 90, I think it was 1993, 94, and it was checked out by the, by the police in Germany and uh, no, still no good. But it was a strange, strange case. And like you said, the, the house was searched Passports well, found, yeah. no money. For, was there even evidence of anyone packing a bag? No, absolutely not. Untouched. Everything I was as is. As was per, was perfect. You see, Connor was a very, he was a very neat man. He was a very dapper man, very neat, and so was his wife Sheila. Did you know them personally, Joe? Well, I knew Connor. I didn't know Sheila that person, but I knew Connor. I met him umpteen times. I met him. Hmm. He, he he used to love. He used to love showing off his. Uh, well, they weren't his car, his, his employers, um, Rolls-Royce, and there was, a, there was a Daimler as well, lovely car, you know. 
Yeah, he was employed, wasn't it, by a German man who used to look after the cars for him, isn't that right? That's right, and, and my business, my German businessman, he lived in Castle Lines there, he was employed by him as his chauffeur. Hmm. I'm, I'm, Connor used to pull up his pull up the car in front of the Garda station and we'd be out looking at the Rolls Royce, remember it well. But he was very man, and he was a very they were a very devoted couple. He, he he was he he was he loved his wife obviously. You know he'd he'd open the door of the car for her and let her in. You know they had two sons, and then he obviously contacted the sons. Yeah. They hadn't heard from them either. Yes, I I spoke to both sons, and they were flabbergasted obviously too. Where were they at the time? Well, well one was in England, and the other was uh, if memory serves me right, I think he was above in County Galway. Hmm. And when was the last time either of them had heard from their parents? Well, you see, they hadn't heard in, in a while either, you see, you know, they hadn't, hadn't been in contact, you know, to, but they were surprised to hear about this, you know. Hmm. Now, they're obviously still alive, those two sons, I hope they are, two lads, and they're, they're still wondering, I suppose, you know. Yeah. It was a complete mystery. Move forward to a time when the Crime Line programme did a reconstruction, a very painstaking reconstruction. You were involved in that. I was indeed, yeah. With with poor Marion Fanook and Mary, may she rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went up to Dublin. There was a, there was a fabulous reconstruction. You know, they came down from Dublin and with the older crew and um, did reconstruction. We got uh, a, a Rolls Royce. We got I I uh, got a Toyota Crusader. And put number plates on it, <clears throat> five seven nine seven is T. Parked that above at the house, um, a, a model. It's where it was. Connor drove the car up and down the street and parked it in the square in front mine. And uh, it was a, a female model as well to rattle people's brains. No, no, no good. Hmm. And, and and the countrywide, that time the, the the crime line was new. It was it was relatively new to, on the scene, you know, but. As, um, but there was no, no, no sightings, no. Hmm. And when Crime Blind does those big reconstructions, there's nearly always some call or other will come in. There was nothing. Nothing, absolutely. Nothing, no, nothing that, had, uh, that, that would lead us in, in any direction, you know. Hmm. Did you have any theories yourself, Joe, at any time? No, I, did, I didn't, uh, PJ, you know, because... I mean, as I said there a few minutes ago, <clears throat> where do you start? Where does one start as a, as a missing person? You see, a person is entitled to go missing. Hmm. You know what I mean? If I wanted to go missing in the morning, I could go missing. Like, I didn't want anyone to know where I was. It's not a crime, like. But, um, so, I mean, where does one start? As, as, as I said, it'd be different if, if, if somebody said, well, they're they're they gone missing and and they suspect there was something happened to them or there was foul play. It's a different story altogether then. Mm. But apart from that, people are entitled to go missing. You know, like you say, it remains open to to this day. I presume, yeah. I, I presume. Well, I'm retired now, eighteen years, so I presume it's still open. It has to be open, sure. I mean, it hasn't mm. been recovered. What I do recall was around the time of the reconstruction and there was a documentary made as well that locals were very reticent to talk about it. it there was almost a quietness about it. Well, well you see, you know, I, I, I read that. I, I, not, to, not, not to the members of the Garda at the time, but I, I read that on, on, on some paper that, there was, that um, locals were, were inclined to talk about it 
I can't understand what gave rise to that, hmm. even to this day. But as a, as regards uh, members of the guard at the time, myself included, anyone we asked about it were most interested, most interested in, in, in this, you know. But of course, time has passed now, you see, and an awful lot of people in, in, in the family, my own age now wouldn't remember them, but an awful lot of people wouldn't even know what we're talking about. Yeah. And there's the problem, you see. 30 years on, as we mark 30, 30 years to the day, it remains as much of a mystery as the day you took the report. Absolutely, it's in a mystery. Mm. But it's something, I don't know, I often wonder, you know, I often said to myself, wouldn't it be great if, if there were something found, you know? Mm. No, there would be, Connor would be 92 now. Yes. And, and Sheila would have been 90, you know, they'd be very angry. I hope, I hope, you know, I, I hope they're still alive, but... You know, I mean, hmm. I don't know. I just don't know. In the intervening time between the 1st of May when the last phone call was made and the 22nd of May when it was reported to the Gardaí, I suppose there is a possibility that they headed off in the car over to the UK. But then again, that was investigated. Oh, absolutely, it was a court. Yeah, they could have. They could have, you see. And at the time, was there any check? You know, with passports, I don't know, at the time. No, you wouldn't have needed a passport to get to the UK at the time, but you'd needed a passport to go beyond it. Oh, you would, you would, yeah, but I mean... They took no passports. It, it, exactly, and if, if they took a car would, would, at the time, you know what I mean? Those things were all checked. Yeah, yeah. And and, and people, and people have, and you know, at that year, they still, they still talk about it. Because I, mean, I, I can recall being on holidays in different parts of the country. You know, you get talking to people on holidays, where you're from, from I. Oh, that couple, Harry signed it them. Do you know what I mean? I remember I was up in Donegal one time and, so, and some, I said it was from Fermoy. Well, that couple from Fermoy, they're missing, still missing. He didn't know he was talking to the man that knew all about it. And the sightings that you mentioned, like where did they come from? Were they all over Ireland? Uh, they need to come out. There's, they, they, there, was, there was some people, some people rang in and said they saw them in Lourdes. They saw them in, in Lourdes Airport. They were seen up in, in Dublin. They were seen, as I said, somebody saw them out in, in, in Munich. Sighting, different sightings there. They were seen in Cork City. No, no, they are. And what would have been the procedure if someone contacted the Guardian and said, I think I've seen them? Like, what would, what would have been done? Well, first of all, you would have to visit those people. You'd have to speak to those people who phoned in. You know, you'd have to meet them. And, and then you'd say, look at... Uh, can you describe them? You know, I mean, you're, you're kind of it's an inquisition then to the people to phone in. Can you describe them? And because you wouldn't be showing them, them, them a photograph, I even thought I saw photographs in the paper. But sometimes they say, oh, no, 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 that's not them at all now. I was mistaken. And, and, and that, some of that happened. And was there ever a time, Joe, when you were hopeful of a sighting that you thought this might be it? Oh, sure, absolutely, yeah, yeah. You get, you get a phone call and say, look, I'm 100% sure it said I seen them, and you go visit them, and, and that'd, be, that'd be checked out completely, and, you know, and you, you would, your hopes would be built up, you know. Only to be, only to be dashed again. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that happened only times, yeah. yeah. It must be terrible to be in the position of their sons or anyone else that knew them at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That's it. Well, this is it to see the family, you know. I mean, there's no closure for them, is there? Joe, thank you for being with us. No problem, PJ. Bye-bye. Quartz 96 FM.